0: This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. (laughs) CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit domino's.ca today. The Edmonton Eskimos have acquired defensive end John Chick in a fifth round pick from the Hamilton Tiger Cats for their second round draft pick in 2018. Chick is a three time All Star, two time Grey Cup champion, and a former Defensive Player of the Year. Here's
1: Nichols for Adams! Got it! The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are now 6 and 2 and a 1 4 the road.
2: It is week. 10 in the Canadian Football League, welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Great big show for you today, folks. Lots of ground to cover. We'll go over the performers of the week. We'll have in behind the helmet, special behind the helmet, John Chick. Newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos going from worst to first. We'll get to know John Chick a little bit better. TSN.ca, Scott Cullen for team power rankings and some CFL fantasy tips. As well as Jamie Thomas who's the host of the Morning Scrum on TSN 1150 in Hamilton. Tiger Cats on the bye week. What is going on in Hamilton? 0-8. They got rid of John Chick, their best defensive player from a year ago for a draft pick. Is this a lost season? Is there any chance that they can get back into this 2017 campaign? And what does it mean for the future? So we'll go over some Tiger Cat talk with Jamie Thomas, but also... He's tuned into the whole league, so we'll swing around the rest of the East Division as well and see where things come. Hey, you know what? Ricky Ray's back, right? Does that make the Argonauts the prohibitive favorites right now? What about the Alouettes, the Ottawa Red Blacks? They're not out of things, so we'll talk all things CFL in the East Division with Jamie Thomas a little bit later on. Guys, of course, as you know, we're delivered by Domino's, and Domino's.ca has you covered. Folks, you can get the medium feast pizza that's out there for $10.99. One of my personal favorites, I love the carryout special, the large four topping pizza, eleven ninety nine. That's it. You want smaller, you want something even cheaper and quicker? Have a carryout special, one large, one topping, $8.99. Love it. Whether it's for a party, you're rushed because you're picking up the kids, you're going out to, to soccer or football, whatever. Domino's has you covered. They have great desserts and side dishes as well. Check them out domino's.ca. All right, tons to get to. Let's get to the Blitz. And I want to get to our Twitter poll question before we go to the performers of the week. And I put this up, it's week 10. right? We're past the halfway point in the season now. So what is the best quarterback, running back combo in the CFL today? What's the best QB, RB combo in the CFL today? You can vote at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Your options. Bo Levi Mitchell, Jerome Messam, Calgary Stampeders. Matt Nichols. Andrew Harris, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike Riley, Ladaris Perkins for the Edmonton Eskimos or another combo. Do you think Ricky Ray, Brandon Whitaker, Durant Sutton, pick your quarterback in BC and Jeremiah Johnson? So you can tweet at Andy MC81. If you don't like any of the options there, yeah, vote other and, and then tweet in which one you do like. But again, the question, what is the best QB RB combo in the CFL today? As we head into week 10, Mitchell Messam, Nichols Harris, Riley Perkins, or other combo at Andy MC 81 there. Uh, so from week 9 in the CFL, quick score recap, you have the Blue Bombers giving the Edmonton Eskimos their first defeat of the season, 33-26 that was in Winnipeg, uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. It was a close first half, an ugly first half, then the Red Blacks just pulled away on the Thai Cats in Hamilton, 37-18. Calgary over the BC Lions 21-17, another ugly performance by Jonathan Jennings, BC Lions QB. And then the Argonauts returned the spanking to the Montreal Alouettes from a week prior. Ricky Ray returned triumphantly 38-6 to over the Montreal Alouettes. And what we now have in the East Division... Is the Argos in first at four and five. Montreal three and five in second. Ottawa two six and one, just one point back in Montreal, and the Ticats 0 and eight in the bye week. The West Edmonton stays atop seven and one. Calgary creeping in six-one and one. Winnipeg surging six and two. BC Lions, hey man, you be, I said it last week. You cannot get too cute with giving Jonathan Jennings too much time if he struggles. BC Lions in fourth place at five and four. Saskatchewan Rough Riders three and four. And the Rough Riders have looked a lot Better as of late, especially at home. They're three and one at home. Now they're going on the road this week, 0-3. But the Rough Riders can make up some ground in that West Division uh, this week. As they face the Edmonton Eskimos at home. It's not gonna be not gonna be an easy outing. But that West Division as tight as they come for different reasons of the East. And the the performers of the week, I'm going these aren't the the official ones, but these are these are my performers of the week. I'm gonna start with the return of Ricky Ray. The shoulder wasn't sure, beginning of the week, all right, he's taking, he's throwing, he's taking the reps, is he going to be back? What type of condition is he going to be in? Can he last the whole game? Oh my, yes. And he threw for 377 yards, four touchdowns, one pick when it didn't matter, and 35 of 43 for 81.4% completion. Insane. Insane output for Ricky Ray. And then you look at SJ Green with him. Nine catches, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Another sensational outing for S.J. Green. Absolutely unreal. Now, for the Argos, you have Anthony Coombs. He's undergoing shoulder surgery. So, that's bad news for the Argos. And Ricky Ray, who uh, Coombs was turning into one of his favorite targets. Right? He was coming out of the slot. Nice yak yards for Coombs. So, I'm going Ray, Green, and then... The other side in the West Division for the Blue Bombers, defeating the Edmonton Eskimos, their first loss of the year, Matt Nichols, 390 yards. Not only one passing touchdown, but he also ran one in and threw for 80%, 32 of 40. I, listen, I, I thought beginning of the year, we talked about it. Matt Nichols, maybe, maybe he's the Alex Smithies game managing, slow start, nothing spectacular. That was spectacular. And to, to be his, his SJ Green, Ricky Ray to Green, Nichols and Andrew Harris. Oh, my. Andrew Harris, 105 yards on the ground. Also led the way in receiving, 120 yards receiving. No touchdowns, though. Doesn't seem fair. He did all that work and didn't get touchdowns. But you have 225 combined yards from scrimmage for Andrew Harris. Unreal. So those are my players of the week. They came from two teams. Ray and Green from the Argos. And Nichols and Harris from the Blue Bombers. Now, will that influence your voting on our CFL Weekly Twitter poll at AndyMC81? Of what of is the best QBRB combo in the CFL? Mitchell, Messum, Nichols, Harris. They sure looked like the best one last week. Riley, Perkins, or other combo? Because it's tricky. Like, Ricky Ray... Are you going to put Brandon Whitaker up there as the best QBRB combo? I wouldn't. Uh, Cameron Marshall's done a nice job in Saskatchewan. Kevin Glenn's been up and down. So what about them? The the BC Lions quarterback situation in flux. Matt uh, Nichols and Harris with the early lead, by the way, in the CFL Weekly Twitter poll at mc 81 So those are the performers of the week. Now, some news. And we're going to get into this more with Jamie Thomas in the next segment because the, the wheeling and dealing news has involved the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats acquired receiver Ricky Collins in a trade with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, then shipped out their Defensive Player of the Year, John Chick, who will also be my guest in Behind the Helmet in a little while, ended the last segment of the show. They shipped out John Chick for draft picks. Whew, boy. Man, like, you still have home game tickets left to sell Hamilton. Oh, like, I think we just were told loud and clear what direction the Hamilton Tire Cats are going for the rest of this year. Right. And boy, for a lot of pundits, myself included, I uh, thought the Tire Cats were going to be bounced back with Zach Kaleros returning and Try and take down the East with Ottawa. And now you just flip it on its head. Right? You have the Argos first, Montreal, then Ottawa, then Hamilton. So we'll get more into the, uh, Ty Cats moves and, and what it means. Could they be dealing anyone else? Are there any other buyers out there? Are there any other buyers out there if the Ticats are selling? Like it's, uh, it, it could be interesting for other teams as well, because if they're mailing you know, all right, well, who, who else is for sale? And really, what's the mindset of the Tiger Cats now? Are you going to be tearing this sucker down? Or are you going to be retooling for next year? Because if you're tearing it down, there could be a lot of people up for grabs on the trade market if they're looking to rebuild. But we obviously won't know that for a little while. And, uh, but we're, we're going to get into that next with Jamie Thomas. From TSN 11:15 Hamilton. And co-host of The Morning Scrum. Covers the Ticats again later on. We'll have CFL Fantasy Talk and Team Power Rankings with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. And we'll hear from the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos, John Chick. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here, and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium-piece pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry-out deals at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our 7 dollars mix-and-match offer that has something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at Domino's.ca.
0: You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN radio network.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Still to come on the show, we'll talk team power rankings and some CFL fantasy with TSN.ca Scott Cullen, as well as a special behind the helmet with the newly minted Edmonton Eskimo, John Chick, he came from Hamilton, went to Edmonton. Speaking of Hamilton, on the line now, he's the host of the Morning Scrum on TSN 1150. Out of the hammer, my good buddy Jamie Thomas. Jamie, how's it going? Andy Mack,
3: how are you, my friend?
2: Oh boy, well, I, I'm good. I, I'm you know TSN 1150, the Morning Scrum. It's a great show, but I know it's a it's a grind having to find positivity. Yeah, in an zero and eight team, and oh, by the way, you don't even have a game to talk about. It's a bye week. Um, how no. are you holding up?
3: Uh, I thought uh, it's a slow start, and then you have to keep finding ways to uh, not be negative all the time. And I yeah. think today, or sorry, Tuesday morning, provided that that opportunity because listening to John Chick uh, talk about you know being an Edmonton Eskimo and and the opportunity that he has now. Um, and how, how glowingly he spoke of his opportunity, you know, his, his his time in Hamilton. I think that that's a positive. And then to hear Brock Sunderland and and Jason Moss speak so glowingly about him, and and Mike Riley for that matter, having to avoid John Chick because he had mentioned that he some of the hardest hits he's taken has been from uh, uh, John Chick over his career. So I. I mean, you hate to see a, a guy of that quality go, and you can tell by the reaction from his teammates on, on social media that it, it, it's a tough deal. But you have to be happy for the individual right. uh, and, and the story, right? It, it's a great story for John Chick because, um, you know, there's questions that he, he lost a step. I think we're going to find out real soon how, how many steps, you know, he hasn't lost when when, when he starts this this Friday Against the Saskatchewan Roughriders to the Edmonton Eskimos.
2: Well, exactly, and he's going to be our guest in behind the helmet, so we'll get to know him a little bit better uh, in the last segment of the show this week. But for Chick, yeah, had a tremendous season a year ago for the Ticats, Defensive yeah. Player of the Year, and Edmonton, with their first loss, they've overcome so much injury-wise. This is a perfect fit for them. Like you get an all-star caliber guy to just slot in on that line in the yeah. uber-competitive West. Like it seems like a, a home run for the for the Eskimos. But Jamie, what? message does this send to the team to the fan base because you don't trade a john chick if you think you can turn this thing around after the bye week
3: yeah and eric tillman the general manager of the tag has admitted as much to 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 drew Edwards of the the, uh three down nation that you know this is looking forward not looking to short term you're looking more long term bringing in the second round draft pick a a good opportunity to uh drafting another canadian starter um, which the Cats have done very well over their years. And, um, uh, yeah, injuries have hampered a lot of those Canadian starters, especially at this point with Ted Laurent out. But I think the message is, is that, yeah, you've, you've certainly have to look more towards next year. And now guys should start thinking about if they're going to be part of the future of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And I, if you're the fan base, I think it's not so much a reality check. I think a lot of the fans are very well educated in Hamilton, I think they knew this. This this is, was going to be the end, not the, so much the end, but it, it wasn't looking good. And that last opportunity presented itself on Friday at Tim Hortons Field. You, you had the Ottawa Red Blacks in with just three points on the season, and you, that 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 was a game you had to win. And now you're you're 0 and 8. And I think reality is set in Friday night after the game, and this is just more kind of a not so much a punch as a gut, but a continuation of the fact that they're looking forward rather than looking short term
2: yeah harsh reality and and Jamie the frustrating thing is for Ticats fans is beginning of the year people were saying all right well it's going to be Hamilton and Ottawa and then how are Toronto and Montreal going to do so you went into the season high hope Zach Calero's back and you look at the stat line for Zach Calero's eighth in the league when it comes to passing yards um like Zach Calero's did not become a bad quarterback overnight he is still an upper echelon quarterback but he hasn't done it on the field like Obviously, we can't pinpoint exactly why, otherwise we'd be able to sell that to the front office for a yeah, tidy sum. Yeah. But like what what is jumping out to you as to like where's the falloff? Like, like can this be explained at all?
3: Uh, I think there's there's a few things. Um, the loss of Terrence Tolliver mm. uh, was a big loss, a big six foot five uh, receiver on the outside. I thought him and Brian Tims were, were lining up on the same side every single time, but that was the way the the depth chart kind of looked at that point so you have two blanky receivers on one side where you could just throw the ball up in a lot of situations and things go up and get it they just it's it's dropped off and you go back to a year ago you had Andy Fantuz you had Chad Owens you had um Terrence Tolliver and you had Luke Tasker Mm -hmm. you know four guys on pace for a thousand yards and injuries stop that now you're looking at Luke Tasker you're looking at Jalen Saunders uh, you look at DeMar Altman and with all due respect to Altman and with all due respect to Jalen Saunders, they're, they're not Terrence Dolliver. They're not Andy Fantus, So, uh, I think there's an issue right there. The fact that they pass on every down is, is not a mystery to any team anymore. So you, you're not second guessing. Are they going to run the football? So it allows the defense, I think, to, to pin their ears back and come after Zach Caleros too. So that puts a lot of pressure on the offensive line. So that, that's come into question. So there's so many things playing a part here. Uh, one, I think I'm not in the huddle. I'm not Zach Laro's in his head or anything like that. But I think he's looking for Luke Tasker and then whoever the heck else mm. is open or, or is that at that point. So I think there's a, a dramatic drop-off in talent after Luke Tasker. And, and that, to me, I think has to be it, – it's not going to be addressed this year, but they're going to have to look at it and see how, how it works out after the, after the, after 2017.
2: Well, yeah, and that's opponents know that, right? So. Yeah. Take, Jamie. Him,
3: take away seventeen away, and then, it, <laughs> it. then it's the end of the story.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and we know the running game is is uh, just not a regular part of the game plan. That's no, that's,
3: that's what it is. Um, and it's not going to change this year. or no. for this time, this time being, anyways.
2: No, exactly. So that's people can. It's not even a talking point. It's just not going to yeah. happen. So yeah, you can't bring it up, Jamie. Do you feel that the tie cats are done? Like, are, are we looking at a, a retool or a rebuild? Because if if it's a rebuild. Well, yeah. then, boy, uh, we could see more pieces flying, and that, wouldn't that be interesting for the rest of the league?
3: Yeah, and I was sitting there thinking about this, Andy, because you, you, you look on the offensive side of the football, who's tradable? Um, mm. Luke Tasker's Tasker. not going anywhere. Right. Uh, you're not going to trade Zach Laros, because that would be crazy. I still think he has everything that you want in the starting quarterback. Oh, sure, sure. You're not going to move anybody on your offensive line. You're, you're three Canadians. You're not going to move You know, Bombin. You're not going to move Revenberg. You're not going to move Filer. So and Gable, yeah, Uh Gable's a possibility. You're right. That that that's a guy you can think about. Brandon Banks comes to mind because mm. it's, it's a pretty hefty salary they have in him. You're, there's a lot of teams out there that could use a quality kick returner. And you and you kind of saw life in Brandon Banks on on Friday against Ottawa. He was hitting the holes with more authority than we've seen. Ken Austin noted that uh, in the post game uh, availability after that loss to Ottawa. So. He comes to mind, and then I look on the defensive side of the football. I, I don't really, I don't see anybody else there. Uh, you're not going to get rid of Emmanuel Davis. You just signed him. Uh, he hasn't been healthy either. Um, you know, Abdul Kanay's played all of two quarters for you. So, and then you have you know a, a potpourri of uh, young, inexperienced defensive backs in your secondary, and you're not gonna, you're not going to trade Courtney Steven either. No, One, he's Canadian and he's a good player. So, uh, I, I don't see too many other candidates right now. And you're sure that heck not going to trade Ted Laurent either. So, no. uh, um, that, that, that's, there's not too many suspects. So if I had to guess that Brandon Banks would be, or CJ Gable at this point, that, that's a very good point brought up by you. So, but, but, I mean, those are still two name players that you could get picks for or bring in somebody else. But I, I think it would be very similar to the John Chick trade where you're just looking towards. Uh, Stocking your Canadian cupboards uh, in 2018 and beyond.
2: And is this, for Ken Austin, uh, I, in, in mid-season, I throw this right out because he just does too much for the team. You're not going to fire, fire yeah. the GM, and he does just about everything. But off-season, even if you, he's not gone completely, could you see something where we've seen it in other sports, fires himself, becomes the GM, and and brings in a new mindset at coaching? Or, or it, like if this season continues to go down and you don't really see any improvement or bright spots, can we yeah. see a change in some area. Uh, I,
3: I like I like the latter. I like, I like the first thing you just said. Maybe he just heads upstairs. But you know Kent as well as I do. He's so competitive. So what? What aspect does he say I? I, I got to take myself out of this because that, yeah. that's a serious reevaluation of of what you be believe in. So that, I think it'd be really tough for him. Um, not to be the head coach of this football team. If it goes, if you're looking four and 14, three and 15 or anything below that, uh, I don't know if you would blow it up because you have too many good pieces already. Mm-hmm. So it's not a total rebuild on the way. Um, so does completely replacing the coaching staff or can't or anything in the, in the upper management, does that even make sense? Cause you could look at this as an anomaly because of too many injuries at key positions that you just were unable to overcome and just too many things to fix because june jones isn't going to you're, you're not going to bring him out of hawaii if he's not back next
1: year yeah. <laughs> i mean
3: he had a very good life coaching high school his life was probably i mean i'm again i'm not june jones that's but hawaii, i assume man. living in hawaii that things would be good for yeah. you right and, and it back and, that, and that's his personality so he is going to be back next year in in some form so if, does he become the head coach of the Thai Cats? that those are questions that have to remain but I still have to see, there's, there's still 10 games left. There's a lot of people's jobs that are on the line, yeah. their futures, you know, um, maybe even, you know, their, their last gas at, at professional football. So I, I just see too proud of a locker room where they're going to allow this to go. We're just, oh, it's over. We're not going to do anything. I just think too. there's too many proud individuals. Uh, Bob Young, you know, loves his team. Scott Mitchell is going to work day and night to make sure they have the right people. And, you know, they're going to put the money out to make sure that 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 people, when they come to Tim Hortons Field, they're going to be at least entertained, that they're going to be proud of their football team too. So I don't see this going completely sideways where they're going to have to have a complete blow-up, but uh, there's still, still, you
2: know, a lot of bad things can still happen with 10 games to go. Interesting times in the hammer, Jamie. Thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. You betcha, my friend. Thanks, Andy. That was Jamie Thomas of TSN 1150 in Hamilton, co-host of The Morning Scrum. Yeah, tough times in Tigertown. We're going to take the break. On the other side, it'll be tsn.ca Scott Cullen. We'll get into the team power rankings and some CFL fantasy tips still to come. John Chick, newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos, in behind the helmet. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network.
0: This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. <laughs> CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit domino's.ca today.
2: Welcome back to CFO Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. And, folks, as you know, we are delivered by Domino's. Get the medium-feast pizza for just $10.99. Or, hey, you can choose the side dishes. You can get cheesy bread, eight-piece boneless chicken. You can get the pastas, the marbled cookie brownie. Check out all the deals all the carry-out specials and online orders, dominoes.ca. Okay, now for the team power rankings and some CFL fantasy tips, tsn.ca, Scott Cullen on the line. Scotty, how are you?
4: Great, Andy. How are you doing
2: today? I'm, I'm doing good. And, and listen, after a couple weeks where I I criticized you, of how, how could you not have the Edmonton Eskimos number one? <laughs> you're finally justified. You're finally justified. I was <laughs> <laughs> justified from
4: the get-go. End. I it, it does uh, help when Edmonton yes. loses, and, and I, I, the, the the calls from uh, Edmonton will probably be a little quieter this week, which is nice because um, for the last few they haven't been really thrilled to have their undefeated team uh, ranked second. Now, right. now the good the good news for them is they're still going to be ranked second even after after one loss. But uh, oh, there you go. The, the, this was um, like they've had a lot of part of the reason that they were ranked second was they they've been walking a pretty. Uh, pretty much a tightrope with these narrow wins. And, um, and this is something that kind of crosses all sports that if you're, if you're getting away with a lot of close wins and close wins, uh, usually it, it'll come back to get you at yeah. some point. And so, um, you know, th- this, time it catches up with Edmonton. Now Winnipeg's another team that has also been, uh, walking that same kind of tightrope. Um, and it worked out for them this week, but, uh, that's always something to keep an eye on. And that's, that's part of why, uh, Calgary is, is kind of preferred uh, as the number one team because they have this massive point differential, right? They've had some yeah. some huge blowout wins, and that you know that's a little bit more decisive than winning by a field goal or, or you know or less.
2: So now we have in the West Division, Edmonton seven and one, Calgary six one and one. The Blue Bombers leapfrog. Uh, the B.C. Lions going back from last week. And then the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Scotty. They're nipping at the heels. And listen, I don't know about you, but the B.C. Lions with Jonathan Jennings, uh boy, if you're the Lions, there is no room for error in that West Division. You're going to have to make a decision between Jennings and Lule. And if you're Wally Blano, it's probably going to have to come pretty darn quick. I think so.
4: And And, like, look, maybe a month ago... Things look pretty good for BC, right? That, even when Lule, you know, came in for, uh, for Jennings when he was hurt, Luley was, you know, putting up big numbers and the, they were still moving the ball and everything looked fine. Well, in the past couple of weeks, all of a sudden the quarterback situation seems to be in complete disarray. Mm-hmm. And, and in this league, right, the, the quarterback is, I don't want to say everything, but it's pretty close. Right. So, so if you don't have a quarterback, um, you know, at least one that you can trust, well, that, that, puts a whole lot into question. I think that's sort of where the lines are now where, you know, well, a month ago it, it didn't seem to be a problem at all. It seemed that oh they're a team who has two two uh possible starters and, you know, they, they I think they still have the luxury of having probably the best backup um you know compared to others around the league. Right. But if you don't have you know, if you don't have one guy that you trust to be your starter then, you know, that that does pose some problems and I think um you know the Lions are suddenly much more vulnerable than we would have thought they were, and this, you know, to your point about Saskatchewan and and you know the Rough Riders, you know they're a team they have they have a losing record, but they they have a positive point differential too, like they're plus twenty five on uh, points for and against, and so yeah. you know you can you can look at it from Saskatchewan's perspective and, and think that all right if we could string a few together here that uh, they could reel BC in very quickly.
2: Ryan, they've been great at home after a, a slow start. Uh, winless on the row, which is where they find themselves this week. But if we look at the rankings, you have Hamilton, still in last, obviously. <laughs> yes, they're
4: they're, com- they're comfortably safe They're comfy,
2: right? They're, they're comfy. But the Argonauts get Ricky Ray back and absolutely manhandle the Munchaw Alouettes. So the Argos on the rise. But, Scotty, as you said last week, really? And and you, you talk about the quarterback situation in BC. But for the Argos, you, with, with the rankings, if you have Ricky Ray in, you're, uh, you know, anywhere from a, a four to five, probably seed there. Without Ricky Ray, you're right at the bottom, just ahead of Hamilton.
4: Yeah, that's kind of that's about, that's about where it uh, it fits for them.
2: And, yeah, and
4: and like you could almost say that, um, you know, Ricky Ray missing missing a game is like a, a stronger case for his MVP argument or MOP wow. argument because
2: mm-hmm.
4: I mean, not not that you, you evaluate a player based on on the play of his backups, but there is a real. A, a significant gap between what the Argos are with Ricky Ray and what they are with uh, Matthews and Friardo at, uh, at quarterback. So, um, you know, the, the, the Argos to me for, for most of this first half of the, of the season have been the, the best team in the, in the East. Um, but it, the, it's always such a precarious position because it's so dependent on Ray. And, and we've talked, you know, Ad nauseum, almost uh, uh, about how the the great challenge for them is keeping Ricky Ray upright. Uh, uh, yeah. If you keep him healthy, then things you know there's a chance that this Argos team could do some things. But you know it's it you know, he's a. Uh, 37 years old and not the most mobile quarterback in the league. um, Your odds of keeping him healthy probably aren't that great. And so, um, you know, I think the Argos are are fortunate that he only missed one game. I know the, you know, the initial prognosis when he hurt his shoulder was going to be four to six. And then boy, if you, if you knock him out of the lineup for that kind of time, I mean, that could really send the Argos into a tailspin. Oh yeah. So, So, you know, great that he's back and, and they looked, you know, terrific against Montreal. Um, but I, I to me i think that that's the um they're sort of the one team right now at least in the east who who looks like they could um you know maybe be competitive because you know as we've talked about there's such a dramatic tilt between the west and east in terms of balance and power and all that um but i i, I think the argos with ray when they're you know when they're playing well um, they have a chance to at least compete with teams in the West where <laughs> most of the East is not in that position.
2: No, no. In conversation with Scott Cullen, you can get him on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Check out the full power rankings on tsn.ca. Now moving to the fantasy side of things here, Scotty. Uh, typically, the strategy has been uh, whoever the Hamilton Cats are playing, <laughs> you load up with players and defense on that other team. Well, they're on the bye, so what do we do now?
4: all you give up, Andy. That's it. You, you, you take it by yourself. I take it.
2: That's it. I, I can't put this thing Yeah, that's about it. Just say, well, you know what? We're just going to wait for the cats to come back. Yeah. Like, I think from a defensive side, very interesting move. Talked about it earlier in the show. John Chick going to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. That helps out with some injury side. The matchup I'm intrigued with from a fantasy perspective is Ottawa hosting the BC Lions because I think you have a couple of teams there, we just talked about Jennings and the quarterback situation, but it's volatile because the Lions lost, but the defense was still good. Trevor Harris popped up some huge numbers uh, for the first time in a while, 23.8 fantasy points, but before that, he hadn't passed 20 since week five. So it's uh, it, it, it's interesting on, on who you pick to play where. I guess Greg Ellingson's always a staple for for the Red Blocks.
4: Yeah, I mean, Ellingson is, is such a reliable um option and and you know he he's pricey right i mean at least in relative terms, but I think you know getting a guy who gets targeted as much as Ellingson who's you know been as consistently productive as he is i i don't think that his price i mean this week I think mean, he's a little over sixty seven hundred dollars Yeah, 6732 that, that, that that's not That's not outrageous, you know. I I think you can easily fit that into your into your budget and make that work. Now, I I think what's also interesting is also around sixty seven hundred dollars. Chris Williams, um, Mm. you know, coming back to play against Ottawa, where, um, you know, and and I think B C, you know, they they kind of need Williams to to bust out for them. Now, obviously, this is not just dependent on Williams. He needs somebody to throw the ball to him and um, you know put him in the position to put up put up numbers but uh you know when they brought him in they expect big plays and um you know may- maybe this will be the week that he he gets loose because as much as ottawa um you know they they have some things to like uh, on offense um harris and ellingson kind of being the the two most obvious but their uh their defensive play is still a little uh little shaky and so right um you know, this is. I'm sure this is why why you like uh, looking at this matchup is there, there's some opportunities here that if you end up, you, you know, I, I think Ottawa is better than their record, but at the same time, their defense is is not the reason that they're better than their record. So, um, you know, they they still uh, could could be a decent team to be picking against.
2: Right, and now with the, with the Lions, and I, I'm. I'm very tentative to pick any of the receivers right now mm-hmm. just because of the, the Jennings situation. And even running back, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, he is now le- less expensive by uh, about 40 bucks than Chris Rainey. And of course, Rainey's one of those guys that combines kickoff, punt returns, mm-hmm. had a big 10.7 points on the receiving side, but he's, a, he's an up and down player, but he covered, he touches the ball so often. Is he too risky? Is that too pricey at 6,500 bucks? because he's so he has been inconsistent
4: well and and here's i mean it it's a really strange thing to me that how little the lions used Johnson last week, yeah, yeah. um you know for i mean, and you could even say in general that they probably don't use him enough um but he's been really efficient, like in terms of you know yardage that he's gained per touch and and things like that, so you know i i could the the hard part i guess is that. You know, well, Rainey has these bursts where, he, and, and this is sort of the the trick with any of the guys in the league who who kind of derive their value from returns, is you can't you you kind of can't bank on that from one game to the next. You're kind of hoping it's almost like you're rolling the dice. Okay, this is the week that you're going to get the returns, and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and this goes for Chris Rainey and Roy Finch and and Deontay Spencer. And, um, you know, they're they're the guys who, you know. They might give you a little bit of production from scrimmage, but you know what you're really hoping for is that they hit big on on the returns, and, and you know because of that, I I really be hesitant to put that kind of money on, on Rainey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you know the he had a good week last week, which also makes me think that his salary is probably a little inflated for what it's going to be moving forward. But um, you know, I, if I if I have to choose between Rainey or Johnson from one week to the next, I'm going to take Johnson. But because of you know Johnson not being used that much and Rainey you know kind of dependent on on special teams, I'd probably avoid both of them.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe just stay. That, that's where I'm kind of leaning. Just stay away from the whole lines. Last one for you here. Scotty, uh, as far as a flex option and value buy, you know we love to do that. Brandon mm-hmm. Zelstra looks like he should be back. He practiced Monday for the Edmonton Eskimos. He's at forty three hundred bucks, and he was much higher before. And he was a riser before he got injured. So you look at him, and then uh, uh, Brad Sinopoli and Ladarius Perkins are always kind of floating around in that forty five hundred uh, range. then I, I think the best value if he plays could be Zelstra there.
4: Yes. and I mean, I have been beating the Brandon Zylstra dr- drum for much of the season. Um, and, yeah, get, the fact that you're getting him back off injury at a, at a bargain price, I think, you know, provided he plays, he's definitely a, a, a good value. And, and, you know, part of this is that, you know, Mike Riley has been dragging guys to, to productivity, <laughs> um, you know, no matter who's, who's in there, right? Like when uh, Adarius Bowman got hurt, it was all right, Brian Mitchell, you um, you know, you're up, and, and Mitchell has had some good games for them, and, and then Zilstra is down, and then Duke Williams is in for uh, a couple uh, big games, and, and so you know, I, I think if Zylstra is back in there, you, you'd have to feel pretty comfortable that he's going to be a, uh, a reliable target for uh, for Riley, and, and you know, Riley is one of the quarterbacks who's easiest to trust, you know, when and when. You know, you're trying to look at your matchup and you want to, uh, okay, who am I going to pin my money on, um, you know, from one week to the next? And, and it's easy to, to kind of find some warts in, uh, on the quarterbacks around the league. But, you know, Mike Riley is one who you can kind of count on week in and week out to put up numbers. I mean, even, even in the loss last week, he, you know, threw for 390 yards yeah. and, 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 you know, he'll run you in a touchdown now and then. And so, you know, there, I, I think the, the idea that, um, you know, Zilstra coming back at a, at a discount price, um, you know, as long as Riley's there throwing the ball to him, I think that's that's probably as good
2: a value as you'll find this week. So it might be a nice pairing there. Okay, Scotty, good stuff. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. That was TSN.ca Scott Cullen. All right, after the break, it is behind the helmet time with the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos traded from the last place Hamilton Ticats from Worst to First out west to Edmonton, I chat with John Chick next as well as my week 10 game picks coming up on CFO Weekly across the TSN radio network football season is here and Domino's has you covered hungry grab any medium feast pizza for only 10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza we have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts check out our 7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two topping medium pizzas mouth-watering pasta amazing chicken wings bread sides and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie see all this and more at Domino's.ca.
0: You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN radio network.
2: Back to wrap up CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. We are delivered by Domino's. Check out all their great carryout and online orders at Domino's.ca. Twitter poll results uh, at AndyMC81. What is the best QB RB combo in the CFL today? Mitchell, Messam, Nichols, Harris, Riley, Perkins, or other combo. Leading the way, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Matt Nichols and Andrew Harris. Also got a tweet from at Backinson001. Says, no Argos on there. That's wrong. And I tweeted back, okay, you can vote other, right? You can vote other, and are you going to put Brandon Whitaker and Ricky Ray in the same sentence as those other two? Just because, not that Brandon Whitaker's not talented, Argos just don't run the ball enough, I don't think to consider them there. But if you disagree, you can vote other in the CFL poll at AndyMC81 on who is the best QBRB combo. All right, let's get to the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos, John Chick. Join me for Behind the Helmet. Joined now by a six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound quarterback eating machine now of the Edmonton Eskimos defensive end, John Chick. John, how's it going?
1: I'm doing good. How much a-
2: so? I'm doing well, man. So listen, for for you, you went from the Hamilton Ticats where you had a, a tremendous season their defensive player of the year a year ago and tough season but you went from the worst record team to the best record team obviously uh, I'm sure you have good memories for Hamilton and your times with the Tickets but how does it feel to go essentially from worst to first
1: yeah a good twenty four hours man <laughs> uh, no it, it is it is you know you uh you put a lot of work grind all that kind of stuff in and uh you know I always believe, and I'm sure most guys do, but one of those guys that believe that I'm I'm putting the, the most in, and uh, at the end of the day, shoot, to come out uh, after that type of season and, and be where, <laughs> where I'm at now on the other side, uh, it does feel good. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, very tough always to leave a team um, at any point. It's going to be a big transition for my family, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of brothers in that locker room, uh, you know, guys you, you you sweat and bleed with, so uh, uh, t- tough to tough to leave. But uh, great organization to be joining and uh, looking forward to the rest of this year. Now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll let the Edmonton Eskimos and, and fans that don't maybe know you get to know you a little bit better in behind the helmet here. So we'll we'll throw you some real hard questions. All right, John, you ready? All right. All right, let's go. So, first of all, uh, is there anything better for you as a defensive lineman than to sack a quarterback? Is, is there anything better during a game for you personally?
1: There's not – I can't hardly imagine much more. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you, you do the whole thing, you get the sack, strip, fumble, yeah. recover your own fumble, score touchdown. <laughs> you know, very rarely does that uh, unfold that way. But, yeah, uh, to, to win against the guy that uh, you plan on beating – uh, winning your one on one, and then second, the quarterback strip fumble is uh, you know my favorite favorite way to go.
2: It's right up there. Now, uh, John, you have a large family, I believe, eight kids. Is that right? Yes, eight kids. Five boys, two girls. Wow! So with eight kids, what's your favorite family activity to do? You're at home uh, with 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 the the whole brood. What's your favorite thing to do? <laughs> Sleep. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel you.
1: No you know we we love games, man. We don't get to do it near enough on like camping that kind of stuff, but uh they're just fun loving kids, man, so you you, know, you remember what it was like to be a kid any of those kind of things, so we get home and i I think for the park, I love playing catch with my boys uh I love when they're asking, hey, play catch and right. do this and that because you know it means they wanna get better, they want to practice those kind of things so uh love that kind of stuff uh playing games watching a movie with the family a lot of rough housing <laughs> uh you know my my eldest uh daughter just kind of uh likes to is a people person So she, she just likes to be with dad on a lot of different things and uh always kind of likes to be on uh in the in. you know so uh that's cool she's a she's a great helper and uh, yeah, not one, any particular activity. We like going hiking and okay. uh, any any adventures is a good time, man.
2: Is there any board games that you, you go to? Is there a Monopoly or Mousetrap or anything like that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they're all so different uh, in, in younger ages, right? We're not quite into the, uh. the Monopoly. My daughter, uh, I play a game called Settlers of Catan. Oh. It is actually a pretty complex uh, board game. Um, she, you know, she kind of gets in that mix a little bit now, which is fun. Uh, but she's still pretty uh, pretty learning that one. Um, what are the games? You know, a lot of card games. Right. Uh, more like uh, charades type of, of games.
2: Where everyone uh, can interact. You
1: know, that, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. 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 So you said hiking and, and maybe some camping. If there was a dream vacation, the Edmonton Eskimos, the, the front office came. John, thanks for coming. In the offseason, here's a blank check. You get to take you, your wife, the kids, anywhere in the world you want. Where do you think you're going?
1: Anywhere in the world would be tough. It, for, I mean, we haven't even been to Banff as a family oh. as long as we've been in Canada. So, uh, man, that would be as nice as any right now. I'd love to a nice place up there and shoot or get throwing some money and yeah get a get a nice little uh cabin or something like that and camp out and in, in Banff for a few days Nice that'd be awesome
2: uh what occupies your yeah. time on the long on a long road trip so let's say a long flight or bus trip some guys listen to music, movies read what what do you do on a, on a road trip to keep yourself uh occupied?
1: Yeah, if it's just me in my zone uh, I'm either watching a movie or some film. Yeah, you know, over the years kind of depending, I've had some great uh uh buddies we'll we'll, we'll get some games going. So uh, hmm. whether it was cards, uh some hearts, that kind of stuff or um even uh and Hamilton got some of the guys on the settlers of catan. So when yeah. we're on that we get a few train trips a year we uh we would play that on the road. Uh but yeah, try to stay occupied somehow or another uh, or or get some rest. Uh Right uh for me it depends on how much i got during the week and if i'm behind which i usually am i'm trying to get a little nap for for definitely a longer road trip
2: right get some shut eye is there a a movie that you go to or, or an all-time favorite movie that you like to to kick back to
1: shoot not really no i, I always like uh, trying to catch up on something new uh, i am years years behind movies <laughs> so I, we don't even see previews most of the time and Something's out. So when I when I finally get to a plane or something that has movies, it's news to me, and uh, I try and try and watch that. And by the time I finally do ever watch it again with my wife, I've I've usually forgotten already that I watched it.
2: So right, and then you can see it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, you're obviously a big guy. Uh, Food wise, are you are, are you a foodie? Do you like to to go out but pregame, postgame, whatever? Have a have a big meal? Is there there something uh, that you like to chow down on?
1: I, I I love food uh, in general. I mean, I, I really do. Uh, my wife is the best. She is uh, from scratch cooker, home home cooker, all that kind of stuff. So uh, and and because it it does get a little pricey, we eat and eat in a lot. Right. Uh, so she's doing most of it. Does some good baking, but yeah, when I go out, um, you know, I love to have something. Uh, uh, and I'm not too picky. I, I really like my. Seafood, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, as much as I love steak and I love all that kind of stuff, it sits with me. So if it's a pregame meal, I try to keep it lighter in the meat uh, area and like to stick with fish and pasta and uh, or that kind of stuff. You know, I'll do some sweet potatoes or, or that, but I'm trying to get too heavy on my on my meat uh, pregame stuff.
2: And John, last one for you here. You're joining the Edmonton Eskimos. What are you looking forward to most? about getting in diving in with the fan base and the team you played there uh, obviously a whole bunch being in Saskatchewan and Hamilton what do you now now you're on their side what are you most looking forward to
1: there is a lot really <laughs> you know it's uh getting back into winning ways yeah, you know it's been yeah. a couple years that uh you know the the win section has been uh, a lot tougher so just I love that mentality that attitude and it's uh I it's always a fine line but you know it's a It's a mindset, it's an attitude, it's a a presence, uh, it's an expectation, all that kind of stuff. And when you have it, it's just awesome and it's contagious and it's uh, a blessing to get to be a part of that. So looking forward to that, looking forward to how I'm going to, you know, intertwine with uh, what's already gone here and and bring what I do uh, uh, to it. So uh, a lot I'm looking forward to, a lot I'm still figuring out, uh, very excited about it.
2: Well, John, I'm sure you're going to do great. Have an amazing rest of the season, and thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Sure, appreciate it. Thank
2: you. All right, special thanks to John Chick there. And real quick, to wrap things up, we'll get to my game picks for Week 10. Winnipeg will upend the Alouettes in Montreal. Saskatchewan falls to the Eskimos in Edmonton. They get back on track. Uh, I'm going Red Blacks at home. BC Lions. you're going to keep trotting out Jonathan Jennings? Okay, I'll go Red Blacks with Travis Lule. Argos, Calgary, this will be a close one. I'll give the edge to Bo Levi Mitchell in Stampede Town. All right, thank you very much to all of our guests. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.